Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Welcome, my listening friends, to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Elder Joe Nettles, and I wanted to express to you such a great privilege and blessing it is for myself and Elder David Wise to be able to weekly bring you these messages over the airwaves. To all the good listeners in West Alabama and Northeast Mississippi, we love you and appreciate you. And if you're a return listener, we thank you. And if this is your first time tuning in with us today, we hope and pray that you will make it a happy habit and that it will be edifying unto you in Jesus Christ, our Lord. We invite you to come worship with us at our respective churches. We meet at 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning. We also meet at 6 p.m. in Starkville, Mississippi, on the grounds of New Covenant Church, located at 200 West Garrett Road in Starkville. Please come and join us if you can, or you can go to the Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, and activate the uh, notifications, and it'll let you know whenever we live stream our services, which we do at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning and 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening. Go to the website, if you will, gospel-of-grace.com, and send us an email. Let us know that you're listening. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, today, uh, we have a series of messages regarding the reproofs of the Holy Comforter. And we'll be right back with today's message. Thank you so much for being with us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. And again, I'm Pastor Elder Joe Nettles. Turn to my King James Translation Bible to John chapter 16. We're going to read verses 7 through 11. This message will be the second installment on a series of messages regarding the reproofs of the Holy Spirit spoken of by the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples in John chapter 16. This was just preceding uh, his being taken and uh, going to the cross to die for our sins. Uh, if you were able to listen to the first installment, uh, it, that's wonderful. But if not, then you can go to gospel-of-grace.com and pick back up because we have archived messages there. So now I'll read in John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Expedient meaning it's good for you. It's beneficial for you. For if I go not away, the Comforter, and again, that's capital C, that's indicative of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit gift 
uh, its manifestation given unto the church, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. In our first installment, we dealt with verse 9. Of sin, because they believe not on me showing that the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, the guidance and comfort and in truth that the Spirit gives unto the church, uh, gives a special uh, glaring reproof. And reproof basically means an expression of blame, disapproval, or guiltiness. And that gave a great clarity of vision. It magnified uh, just how evil sin is in this world, that we who just rejoice in Jesus Christ as our Savior. We just can't seem to comprehend why other people hate him so badly. But yet we know it is the, the nature of man, and uh, but it, it doesn't cease to astound us. So uh, the Holy Spirit uh, coming on to the scene of the church and outpouring of its power has shown us exactly a, a more clear vision of the wickedness of this world. Now, Let's deal with our reproof for today. Verse 10, of righteousness, because I go to my father and ye see me no more. Righteousness means being just right, okay? Um, in the sense of Jesus Christ and the righteousness required for heaven, it's got to be sinless, blameless, not tainted with sin at present, never having been tainted with sin, not uh, still retaining a nature of sin, you have to be completely clean, completely right in all of your ways. So here the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, is reproving the world in the eyes of the church of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because Jesus went to his father and those disciples in the day in which this was spoken, he said, you'll see me no more. The Holy Ghost manifestation upon the church, my friends, declared authoritatively that Jesus' righteous work had been accepted in full, in total, by the Father. We see that spoken of in John 14, 20. Jesus said regarding the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the church, at that day ye shall know, know what? That I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. So not only is the Father in me, and I'm in the Father, you're also in me and the Father, so therefore you are all right. Now, in John chapter 7, verse 39, here it gives us a parenthetical statement regarding the coming of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Now, this isn't talking about the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit. This is talking about the, that Holy Spirit that makes you born again, that has made you born again, shows forth a special power, uh, shows forth a special presence. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Now, why did the Holy Ghost, and this is referring to the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Ghost manifestation poured out upon the church, why uh, was it not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified? 
And my friends, if Jesus had not done an acceptable work to the jot and to the tittle for all of his elect, then he would have no right to the glory of God. But yet he is God. He could not fail. He did not fail. And he is in the glory of the Father even now. And we know it's so because the Holy Ghost special manifestation, which was promised unto the church, has been poured out upon the church of Jesus Christ. Look in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. So here, the preaching of Peter on the, the, at the Feast of Pentecost declares that he's been exalted by the right hand of God and has received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. Because he did what he was supposed to do perfectly, rightly, he had the right to be exalted by the Father. And this promise of the Holy Ghost came to declare it unto you. And then in verse 36, he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, there's that assurance we have, that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord, that's Kyrios, and Christ, that's Christos. So here he's saying he is both king and high priest. He is both Lord and anointed or Messiah. So everything that's needed for you to live in heaven, uh, to be of a regal family, as it were, of a pure lineage and also having a pure representation in sanctity, Jesus Christ has done that. And we know that because the Holy Ghost has poured forth upon the church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14 to 15. For by one offering, Jesus, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. So here time and again, we see that the gift of the Holy Spirit affirms that everything that Jesus did in representation, in purity, uh, and in putting away the sins of the elect family of God of all ages of time, he did perfectly. Now notice when he said, going to my father and being seen no more, he said, of righteousness, because I go unto my father and ye see me no more. Jesus going to my father and quote, being seen no more certainly refers to his resurrection. And kindred in, in itself, the resurrection is a declaration of the accepted redemption and atonement for the elect family of God perfectly. Romans 4.25, speaking of Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for, that means because of, our justification. How could we be seen as just before God if we had not received redemption and atonement and the putting away of sins? If everything necessary for us to live in heaven hasn't taken place, then there can be no justification. But Jesus raised up to declare that we've already been made just before the Father. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. They're talking about the suffering of Jesus on the cross, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So here he said, the law that was against us has been taken out of the way. And having spoiled principalities and powers, that means every entity that could ever make an accusation against you or war against your soul, he spoiled them. He said, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them 
openly. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What's what's under consideration there? What what was an open declaration, an openly seen showing that Jesus has triumphed over death? Was the resurrection? So let's look real quickly in the remainder of our time. Just how right was the work done by Jesus? So if we're to believe by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is all right, just right, nothing but right, to what extent is that? Because few people who claim the name of Christ would ever argue that Jesus isn't just right, that he isn't just God, and God must be right. But they'll stop short of saying that everyone he represented is just that right in the eyes of God the Father and will be so at the last judgment day. Well, let's examine that. Just how right was the work done by Jesus Christ? Well, Jesus ascended to his father, rightly so, because he is wholly righteous. Deuteronomy 32, 4, speaking of Jesus, said he is the rock. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without without iniquity, just and right is he. Jesus is all right. Romans 10 and 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness are going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. Who is God's righteousness under consideration? It was Jesus Christ because the next verse he said, uh, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So God's righteousness is Jesus Christ. First John chapter two, verse one, my little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the father. Notice his title, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Yes, he's all right. Jesus also ascended to his father because that was his right place to be. He deserved that place. It was right. John 17, four through five. Jesus praying unto his father said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. The glory he left in heaven was the same glory, unfailing, pure, sanctified, and right that he ascended back up to. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. How could anyone sit at the right hand of God because they've been made right or they are right. We were made right. Jesus has always been right. Therefore, he had the right to sit at the right hand of the majesty on high. If you go and count in the New Testament, you will find that 25 times in the New Testament passages, Jesus is declared to be on the right hand of the Father, seated on the right hand of the Father, standing at the right hand of the Father. He's there because he deserves to be there. Amen? Yes, sir. Jesus had the right authority. That's how righteous he is. He had the right authority to represent his people and to be that representative. John 5, 26, for as the father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the son to have life in himself and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. 
in Matthew chapter nine, the Lord Jesus Christ and healing a cripple uh, and people murmured against him. In Matthew nine and six, he said, but that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, arise, take up thy bed and go into thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. The same God in heaven uh, who has power to forgive sins is the same person, Jesus Christ, who showed forth that right in all of his miraculous healings. Oh, what's it more difficult for him to say? Rise up and walk or that thy sins be forgiven thee. He can say that because Jesus is all right. Jesus had the right motive. John 8, 28, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the son of man, then shall ye know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself, but as the father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus came willingly at the charge of his father, to do what pleased the father because it also pleased him. He had the right motive. Jesus was the right agent for the job. Hebrews 4.15, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Romans 8.3, for what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness, notice it says the likeness, not the actuality, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Only the God-man could do that, one who was all God, to be able to rightly represent the things of God and one who was all man to rightly represent the things of man. That's Jesus Christ. Oh, that singular being in all of the history of the universe. You know, Jesus is right because he kept the whole law rightly or righteously. Notice Isaiah 51, four, hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me. Jesus gave the law, but it doesn't stop there. And I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. Not only did Jesus give the law, Jesus came to keep the law and he kept it for a certain people. Isaiah 42, 21, the Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. Obviously, this refers to people he's doing this for because God is all right, has always been all right. There's no need for him to magnify his law to make himself seen as honorable. No, obviously he is referring to a people that he on their behalf, will magnify the law and make it honorable. Matthew 5, 17 through 18, Jesus declared plainly, think not that I'm come to destroy the law of the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. How full is fulfilled? It's filled to the full. Verse 18, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Notice he didn't just say, he's not just referring to all the prophecies being fulfilled. I've heard some people say, well, he fulfilled all the prophecies, but he hasn't kept the whole law perfectly for all the elect of God. They've still got to do something. No, notice 
He said, destroy the law or the prophets. Certainly he kept all the prophecies, but he also made allusion to the law. The righteous commands of the law, he also kept to the jot and the tittle. Who did he keep it for? He didn't need to keep it for himself. He kept it for his people, a people called the elect in the Holy Scriptures. Jesus came into the world at the right time. He's righteous because he came at the right time. He didn't come a little too early. He didn't come a little too late. Galatians 4, 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, that means when the time was just right. When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. Jesus is righteous because my friends, he was born into this world to represent the right people, the elect. Matthew 1, 21. The angel declared unto Joseph, she shall bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's a possessive pronoun. Ephesians 1 and 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Even before Jesus was born from the womb, he had a people, according to Matthew one twenty one. Well, how did he get that people? They were in him before the foundation of the world, Ephesians 1 and 4. And I can tell you what, Jesus never lost any of those folks either. Because in that high priestly prayer in John 17, 2, Jesus said, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, referring to himself, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. In his 33 years of life, he never changed his mind or lost track of one of his elect. He represented them perfect the whole time. Jesus died the right death, the only death that would have been acceptable unto God for uh, con condemnation of sin, which would justly and rightly send the will send the wicked uh, to an eternal lake of fire. I'll tell you, uh, how could one man die such an eternal death for billions and billions of his elect? Well, Jesus is the man. He's just right. Jesus died the right death. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ hath also once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. To what end? That he might bring us to God. That bring us is from the Greek word prosego, which means a custodial accompaniment. It means to seize, to captivate, and to bring, even against their will. Romans 5 and 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. You see, that's the only death that could reconcile. 2 Timothy 1 10, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who noticed the strength of this, who hath abolished death. How right was the death of Jesus? His death was so deadly, it was so right in paying uh, for our just condemnation that he did it so right that he abolished death in his death. So, brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. There's no fear that any whom Jesus represented will ever burn in a lake of fire. And Jesus, the right people, also died the right death as well. What do you mean, Brother Joe? Look, 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, that's Jesus, if he died for all, then all then were all dead. That means when he represented who he represented in his death, they perfectly died the necessary death in his death. 
So why in the world would any of those people be sent to the second death? Balderdash. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins. Why are we dead to sins? Why are the elect family of God dead to sins? Because Jesus already died for those sins. He's abolished death. There's no more death hanging over your head. Jesus rightly represents all the elect in glory right now. Hebrews 9, 12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Romans 8, 32 and 34, notice this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. So here he says, the father delivered the son for an all, us all, a group of people. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then he goes on to verse 34 and said, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You see, he's there in heaven and has been for 2,000 years, seated at the right hand of God. My friends, making intercession for the exact same ones that were delivered up in him, in his crucifixion. And friends, Jesus will return and take the right people to heaven with him that sweet day. Romans 8, 29 through 30 begins off, for whom he did foreknow. And then it ends up in verse 30 saying, them, the same group of people, you can go track it for yourself, them he also glorified. Who he came into this world for, who he uh, was invested in him by God the Father before the world began to represent every single one without the loss of one will be raised up to glory, purchased by the blood of Jesus. John six thirty nine said, and this is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Let me tell you something, my friends, Jesus is all right. I don't mean all right, meaning so-so. I mean, he's all right because all righteousness is in him. He's never done anything unrighteously. He's never done anything in error. And everybody he represents, brothers and sisters, I here to tell you, because the Holy Ghost reveals these things unto us, we can have comfort knowing that it's not left up to me and to you to try to yank people back from the pit of hell and perdition. No, only Jesus can do that. But I tell you what we can do. We can preach how right that work was that he's done. And if it finds a resting place in the changed, born again heart of a little child who's struggling in this world and they are able to believe it and receive it, then it's an evidence to them that he was just right for them individually. Oh, I'll tell you, thank God for a right savior and for the Holy Ghost that manifests and reproves, my friends, reproves the unrighteousness of this world that is contrary to the righteousness of our Lord. Until we're able to speak with you again, may the grace of Jesus Christ bless you all in a special way.
If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.